You're listening to the Geekscape Network. Time to fire up the VCR. This one's my favorite. Welcome to Analog Jones in the Temple of Film. I'm Steve. And I'm Matt. And this is a VHS podcast, except when we're doing the year in films and media review. We do it once a year, Matt, usually into the next year. But, you know, this is a special one. And, you know, before we start off, I'm going to kind of catch Matt off guard. Matt has an announcement, and uh, I think I'm going to let him take over. So go ahead, Matt. Yeah, this is going, this is my penultimate episode of the analog jones podcast i am retiring i guess so to speak from podcasts i recently just finished the 100 greatest films list podcast that i do with ashley uh it's called the af high list we watched the 100 greatest american films stoned and we finished it and i saw this as a good opportunity to also kind of wrap up sort of all my podcasts i guess so to speak but not because I don't like doing it. The animosity that I have for Steve still remains. It doesn't change. Um, but I am def- <laughs> basically just leaving to do a couple of things. I need to kind of get my life together in that I'm probably moving again very soon. And I am hopeful and things are coming together that I will be making a new movie in 2022 so that doesn't mean it's going to come out in 2022 but we're hoping to shoot in 2022 so i will be back directing a film which is obviously the thing that got me started with everything i've done in the past few years uh so it's time to go back to the the thing that i guess i love more than anything else and it's um you know bittersweet but it's like kind of got to happen to push me to get this the movie going and also there's going to be the headache of moving again in terms of life stuff so a little overwhelmed and it's time for me to kind of retire but it's not necessarily the end of hearing from me i guess (laughs) yeah i mean we'll always keep it open that you could come back maybe never on a full-time basis but you know like hey I got a weekend. I watched this. You want to talk about it? That's always open. Not saying that that's going to happen either. What I'm saying is all of this is fluid, so we don't know. But what I would like to do is wish you luck. Uh, I know when you announced this to me, it was many months ago, and I've, I've held this from a lot of people. You know, you said you were writing something, hoping to make it. Sounds like it's, you know, coming together more and more. And I wish you luck. It has been nothing but a blast through all this. Maybe not all the movies have been a blast and maybe not always trying to jam them in into our life and then talking about them has been a blast. But as a whole, this has been, you know, more than I ever expected. Yeah. And I mean, it is always nice when you get to do you get to work on a project with a friend and stuff like that. And, you know, it it turns into something. And now we've got hundreds of episodes and things to show for it. So, you know. It's been, it has been, it's been, it's been something, man. It's been a trip for sure. I'm glad that we did this uh, together. I'm glad that you approached me at a uh, trash movie night 
eons ago and was like, I'm thinking of doing a podcast. And I was like, I was thinking of doing a podcast. Well, what do you like? Well, what do you like? I guess we're going to talk about VHSs. <laughs> getting on to Geekscape, getting a little bit more, I guess what I'm trying to say is we found some friends that, you know, you never would have had before. We got to do some things that we never would have done before. Um, I got to go to, you know, San Diego Comic-Con on Geekscape. So I'm not leaving or anything. I will have an announcement what I'm doing at the end of the show, but it, it was just cool. I mean, and the door's always open. Anytime you, Ashley, you know, ever want to come on and talk about a film, you know my number because I'll just like drop everything, even my child. <laughs> what kid? <laughs> <laughs> Plus, you know, there's changes in my life. Well, we will be moving. We'll be making the big move, trying to purchase a house this summer. <sighs> so that's going to be something. <laughs> yeah. So there's <laughs> there's changes brewing in the wind for 2022. Uh, and uh, hopefully this year is a lot more positive, even though I'm getting tired of saying that at the beginning of the, each year. But this one, I think, actually will be, which is a good thing. Yeah, we're making literal moves and uh, and just metaphorical moves as well. So we're uh, onwards and upwards type thing. I am excited to hear sort of what uh, what's next for you. And then it also goes the same way for me when I'll be making movies. I'm sure I'll be still talking to you, figuring out how we could do something still together with that. So, you know. This isn't the it isn't even the end of our partnership in terms of like, who knows what we'll do together next. That's right. Sounds good to me. So without further ado, let's get into 2021 media and movie review. That's what we're going to call it. I don't care if people don't get it. Yeah, basically, we're we're going to tell you about the stuff we liked in uh, 2021, whether it was a movie, TV show, games life i don't know anything we're just going to talk about the past year so that while it's still fresh in our minds yeah and we ain't reading so no books <laughs> i did get well we'll talk about it i it'll be tied to it'll be tied to something i'm talking about later um but <laughs> it's yeah we'll get to it we'll get to it but uh yeah 2021 in the year overall was uh another fucking insane year in terms of being alive so <laughs> i'm just glad i got to watch some stuff yeah it's always interesting at the beginning of a presidential uh, start you know i remember back in 2000 i think the first year we did this was 2017 i think so yeah to, maybe october 2017 yeah and we talked about like the whole trump era and how that will change movies and you know for the most part there was some but I didn't think it was as big as I thought it would be. You know, the wave kind of quit. I think people were just tired of talking about them. This one, I don't know if we'll get anything either. I think what's happened is there's so many streaming services. There's so many platforms for writers and directors and actors to make stuff that there's no like guidelines on what to make. You can just do whatever you want because there's so many people consuming media now that I think it kind of eliminates like, you know, a lot of the Reagan era movies that we had in the late 80s to early 90s where they were, you know, really bashing him or discussing trickle down economics in a way. And, you know, we get stuff like They Live and a whole plethora of other movies. I'm starting to think that, you know, it will take like big events like 9-11. We'll have those uh, where it will change the movies. But, I, you know, maybe presidents just aren't doing it anymore. It's it's just events. Well, yeah, because presidents, I mean, 
are, are celebrities now. So it is almost just kind of lumped in with the celebrity news and gossip and stuff like that. Like our news channels is feeding us all this instead of hearing about it in books and things like that later. And uh, then we have movies sort of discussing their terms and stuff like that. We're hearing about it. We're inundated with it all the time. So I think, you know, when you think to like 9-11 and you think of like sort of all of the, I guess if we're looking at like horror movies, we're looking at like torture porn and gore and return to sort of the 70s rough stuff that we saw as a through line. You know, we've kind of got the post Trump and the post COVID years happening now. But like you said, even with kind of those big events, there's so much stuff coming out through Netflix and all the other streamers, plus movies that are still hitting theaters, plus movies that are coming out on VOD. You're getting, you know, dumped 15 titles every Tuesday and Friday. It's really hard to find that through line like we could trace, you know, after 9-11. Now, even with big significant sort of events in history, we're just being inundated with so much stuff that it is hard to trace kind of a through line. I, I mean, tw- yeah, 2021 has stuff that is reflective of sort of current climate stuff. And we have stuff that's nostalgic and we have stuff that's remakes and things like that. So we, we're not even, it's, it's hard to even trace a line right now. That's a good way of saying it. There's no line to trace to follow anymore. I, I feel like we had that during the like wild west of all the VHS coming out in the late eighties and nineties and everything like that, you know, you could follow there's some type of line you could follow in a lot of them. I I just feel like maybe there is, there's just so many lines right now that it it just turns into mud and it's just like, you know what? Just watch whatever. Yeah. There's no point in kind of trying to figure it out because there's just too much. You could argue that there's something for everybody now because there is so many streamings, but streaming and VOD and stuff like that. But I think with everything kind of coming out, we're actually muddying the waters even more. And like, especially like I I dog on Netflix a lot. I don't necessarily mean to, but like Netflix stuff is so generic. It's like so much of this stuff is through committee and by algorithm and stuff like that. In trying to kind of make movies for everybody, these places are making movies kind of for nobody. <laughs> well, I think they're for everyone and I think they work. I just don't think they're going to be something that sticks with you that you're rewatching 20 years from now. No, so many of those, again, I don't mean to pick on Netflix, but so many of those Netflix movies are movies you put on in the background while you clean your apartment. You know what I mean? They're not like Robocop. It's not something yeah. you're going to watch yearly. You know, we can pick on I've got a few on Amazon this year where I was like, "Ugh, okay, we're doing this. And Netflix had a few of them. And I'm sure I forgot some on my list that, yeah, I I feel like they're put together through committee or they're written by they're written by someone. They purchase the script and then they just rewrite it and turn it into a committee film and stick that writer's name on it. (laughs) And then they're stuck with like. Thanks for the check, but at the same time, this isn't my movie. Yeah, it's a watered down something, you know, the writer's room effect, I guess. So, uh, yeah, I'll just start with and this is the last one that I just watched. uh, So it went first and it's I watched Don't Look Up, the kind of like spoof on, I guess, the media right now and listening to scientists and stuff. And, you know, I've heard some people say it's the best film of the year. 
I don't know what the best film of the year. I, I didn't do a top 10. Neither of us did. I just thought like once I got to the last like third of it, it just was so over the top that it kind of lost the the impact for me. But I I think like the first half or the first like 60 percent is really strong and uh, kind of scary and funny at the same time. Yeah, I was I was just talking on Netflix, but like, here's one. Here's an example. I really like this movie a lot. And I think this is one that, yeah, you know, it goes off the rails and it gets pretty absurd. But I think it is going to be one, though, that we do look at in 20 years if we make it. And we <laughs> reflect on sort of this crazy, turbulent time. And I think it's like a a a memoir of this time from the lens of this time, as opposed to looking back. But sometimes when we look back, we kind of miss sort of those feelings that we had as it's happening. And I think this movie really captures like sort of the anxieties and stuff that we all kind of had throughout 2021. So I think this is, this movie is kind of the antithesis of what I was just talking about earlier, where I do think this one's going to be a really nice time capsule that people will revisit in 20 years and be like, holy shit, wow, this is this was crazy. <laughs> yeah, I think it's the funny. The first film that I pick is actually the one that you could draw the line and be like, OK, this is the kind of film that will fit. <laughs> oh, well, it happens. It's just how my list and it's the last one I watched. So uh, what what you got? I think another one that we could draw if we're going to actually talk about sort of representing uh, feelings in 2021 and things like that is the remake of Candyman which I think was a really good reflection of sort of how we were feeling last summer with a lot of the police things that were happening and the unrest and things that were bubbling to the surface and last summer after COVID hit and we were all inside and we were all making each other mad on the internet and things like that too. And I think Candyman ended up being a really good reflection of our time and things, how we feel, which was what was so cool about the original is that it felt genuine and it was about a real place at a real time and now we've got it again here we're reflecting on sort of how we're taking these themes today and i thought that it did a really good job it was one of my favorite horror movies that i saw this year for sure yeah i didn't see this one and you know this is kind of like the casualty of not going to the theater this year uh because of a kid mostly uh and then covid as a number two but number one is definitely the kid you just don't have as much time but yeah, yeah. I, I wanted to see this one. I'll get to it, but I feel like this is one I'll watch in 2022 and then write down for my 2022 review and then realize, ah, it's 2021. Damn it. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I think it's good. I think you'll like it. And I don't think it's uh, I'm telling it as sort of having a reflection of this time, but I also don't think it's heavy handed. I still think it's like an enjoyable horror movie. So I think you'll like it. Uh, here's one that's just loaded with nostalgia. And remember that. Uh, Ghostbusters Afterlife. Did you see this one? I did. I, I thought it was really cute. I thought it was really sweet. I thought it was fun. I liked it. I certainly thought this was a lot better than the other one that they had like four or five years ago, uh, which didn't seem to understand what they were doing with that. Um, <laughs> that's just what I'll say about it. Uh, so I'm glad we both saw this one. Yeah, and you know, I had a good send off uh, for the Ghostbusters and kind of also set up something which doesn't surprise me when you have a cash cow like this and you did a good job on the movie. Why would you stop? You know, we'll see. Uh, I just think if you're going to do a Ghostbusters film, this is what you were supposed to do. Not the last one. And not that I had a problem with the concept of the last one, you know, getting a whole new Ghostbusters and everything. I just don't think they really understood 
Ghostbusters. <laughs> I just think it was a bunch of comedians getting together and they're like, yeah, we can make it funny and wacky. And it just did not work. Well, that movie had the problem of not knowing whether it wanted to be a remake or its own new original story. It was had its foot in kind of both rooms a little bit. And it was not it not really given us much of either then because it was trying to do too much. Uh, this one, I felt, yeah, it felt more connected to the first movie. I was a little bit bummed out that it didn't acknowledge too much about the second one because I love the second movie. And, you know, I didn't think this one was as good as either of the two originals, but it was a cute, nice, fun, you know, entry into the series. And it definitely was way better than it could have been too, for sure. It could have been a lot worse. Oh, for sure. <laughs> I mean, uh, yeah, it could have been a disaster. And, you know, I didn't know what to think about it when I first watched. I only watched one trailer to it and then eventually watched the movie. So I was happy. I like the send off and everything that they did. Anyone who hasn't seen it, I'm not spoiling anything. I'm sure the trailer spoiled enough. But yeah, I thought it was pretty good. I thought they did a good job and it was light years better than the other one. So good job, guys. Uh, what you got? Well, I, I think that this is due. I think I this is something I need to. This is closure on a subject we've talked about many, many times. I saw Spider-Man and I thought it was great. I talked shit about Marvel for about a hundred of the episodes of this podcast. <laughs> um, and, uh, you know, for those movies that I'm talking shit about, I still stand by everything I said. But this is proof positive that they still could make a good movie and you could do things like fan service and have it be well done and good and entertaining and not in singular. It doesn't have to be connected to 23 other fucking movies. <laughs> like um, you could just tell a singular story as you know, as well as sort of delivering the fan service and the things that people come to expect with characters from other movies and things like that, but without having to rely on all the other things. And you could tell a good story and have good action and have good visuals and things like that, where I think some of the other Marvel movies too have sort of been kind of drab and the action scenes are very one note. This was good. This kind of did all the things that I was kind of hoping to see it do. And this was a prime example of how you do like a good Marvel movie. So I was really happy to see they pulled it off. Yeah, I've heard a lot of people say this is one of the best Marvel movies. And when I hear that, I kind of just blow it off because I mean, I've heard that so many times. But um, yeah, I'm hearing more and more that this is fantastic. And I mean, with you saying something that's kind of like incredible. So it's like, all right, yeah, I'll see it when I see it. I just did not get a chance because I have no idea when it's going to come out on VOD. So, yeah, that one's going to be in theaters for a minute because it's making a bajillion dollars. <laughs> yep, that's what I hear. <laughs> Another movie that's kind of in a, the same realm, I guess you could say uh, Free Guy. Uh, I know you and I have different opinions. I don't think this one's great. I just thought it hit the itch at the time. I liked it better than a lot of the nostalgia stuff that we've gotten. Uh, you know, Ryan Reynolds is very enjoyable, but it's not something I'm going to ever rewatch. So it might be on in the background one day. That's it. You know, take that for what it's worth. Uh, yeah, I, I I didn't love this one, but like I I I guess I thought it was still better than it could have been. It wasn't just like a clip show greatest hits of pop culture or whatever. 
I think I preferred um, Ready Player One to over this one, which I think were flipped on. Yep. Um, and I, and I do like Ryan Reynolds. I mean, I, I love the Deadpool movies and kind of honestly most of his whole career. I've seen almost all of his big, you know, starring movies. So I don't really have a ton of like bad things to say about it. It just didn't really light me up. And like I said, it's not something I'll really rewatch unless it's on in the background. So it's not exactly high on my list. Uh, what you got next? Uh, I think oh, another one that I was really looking forward to this year that I thought kind of nailed it was uh, Last Night in Soho, which was Edgar Wright's new movie. I've seen all of his movies, all six, seven of his movies now, and I've liked every single one of them. And I was, so I was excited to see this one. I was excited that it was a horror movie. And it was, you know, another music kind of driven thing, which he does so well because of its ties to like the 60s and 60s London. So you get a lot of like British pop rock stuff pulsing through the soundtrack. Uh, you know, a lot of stuff edited to music and things like that that you come to expect with Edgar Wright. And I, I, I just thought it was a cool little psycho thriller. It sort of nailed the tone of those 60s Euro, I don't want to say haunted house, but those kind of like thrillers that tap dance into supernatural kind of thing. I thought it nailed that tone and it was a really good modern example of that. So I really liked that one. Yeah, this one wasn't one that like I wrote home about. I I thought the second half was stronger than the first. Uh, I definitely fell asleep during this, which was one where I was like, ooh, that's not good. Uh, put it back on and it's good. I'm a huge Edgar Wright fan, but this is not one I'm going to rewatch much. Um, it, it didn't really do it for me. Uh, I know there was a lot of talent to this, uh, you know, a lot of skill to making this. I understand what they're doing. It's just not for me. I've, that's something I've heard too about it. Like so not everybody has sort of jumped on it, you know, like sort of baby driver came on. Everybody loved it. You know, this one sort of kind of mixed reviews or whatever I'd say on it, but uh, it's just one of those things to each their own, I guess. I will admit, I mean, the second half to me was a lot stronger. The first half was setting up so much that it got to the point where I was like, I, yeah, 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 come on. We got to speed this up. I understand setting up story, but they used like 45 or an hour of the movie to set up a lot. And it got to the point where I was just like, okay, enough setup. Let's do something. But, you know, if you liked it, I could see why, but just not for me. That brings us up something that I think that encapsulates a lot of stuff from 2021 that I think uh, is is tied to stuff I've brought up before, but I really think that it happened in a big way this past year. And it is truly that movies need different editors or something because every movie that I've seen, ones I love, ones I hated, ones I saw in theaters, ones I watched at home, almost all of them could be should be 15 to 20 minutes shorter. Almost every single one that I saw. And I'm yeah. like, I don't know what this is that's happening here with like the editing of the movies. It just is like everything feels too long and not in terms of like me not being able to still and pay attention to something in terms of like storytelling. It's like 
God, this would be so much more effective if this were an hour and a half versus two hours long. I don't understand why everything has to be so long. Certain movies, you know, like if you give me a Tarantino movie or, you know, uh, a big sweeping epic or something like that, I'll sit there for three and a half hours and tell me that story. But like some of these just kind of wide release mainstream, you know, dramas, comedies, whatever, they don't need to be this long. I recently saw uh, Sing 2. I like the Sing movies. I like animated movies. I like stuff like that. It was it was almost two hours long. And I'm like, what kid is going to want to sit for two hours like, and watch an animated thing like this? that it's being marketed towards. I just don't understand why everything has to be so long. All right. So I had the same opinion on Sing 2. And I guess we'll just get into that one. Yeah, my biggest complaint was, is like, holy shit, this is really long. <laughs> uh, uh, like, because, you know, watched it with kids and they can drain you a little bit when they're watching stuff. And it's just like, OK, I expected like 75 minutes, 80 minutes. And it was it was almost two hours long. And I had to get up and leave. <laughs> I was like, I can't do this. I came back. It's a good movie, but yeah, I mean that's that's how I felt about it. I liked the movie, but I just didn't know why it needed to be so long. But at the same time, I kind of expected it at this point because everything is so long. You got the last one, so we both talk about same too. I'll move on. Uh, I got another horror movie. Okay, uh, I like the concept more than the movie itself, but I watched Old. Uh, do you know what I'm talking about? Yeah, the M Night Shyamalan one. Yeah, I, I saw this one as well. I, I, I liked it. Yeah, you see what I mean? It was like, yeah, yeah, it was there. You know, I don't know if I'll ever rewatch it. Uh, I'll talk to people about it. I don't want to really talk about it now because I feel like you need to experience it to understand it. I thought the concept was better than the movie. And that's really all I want to say about it. Yeah, see, I, I liked it, and I think I'm giving it even kind of more points because going into it, I mean, I had, like, the lowest of low expectations. Because, uh, you know, Shyamalan's kind of hit or miss lately. I feel like uh, Split was yeah. really good. The Visit was pretty good, but then Glass was awful. So, yeah. like, I was like, oh, I don't know. And then the concept, you know, people getting old or whatever on an island could be good, could be weird, could be boring, but I thought it was pretty good so i was like i kind of give it more bonus points for the fact that it was honestly even better than i thought it was gonna be yeah i don't want to get i don't want to let him off like that it's just like you know sometimes it's cool to come up with the concept and maybe write it and then pass it on i feel like m night will never do that and then sometimes i just think that movie could have been a little bit better in someone else's hands i don't know who i just like a lot of stuff that he does i just kind of it just seems like it's him every time you know what i mean like he's he gets into this like rut right kind of know what's going to happen and that movie like 40 minutes i was like well i know what this is and i was like right and i wasn't even trying i wasn't trying to be one of these people oh, i can guess all these movies i i just thought it was kind of obvious i think he gets high in his own stash a lot you know like he really thinks that he is the best and it's like he is talented that's the thing mm -hmm. it's like he's not necessarily wrong but then he like like i said gets too high on his own stash and then it's like okay guy settle down <laughs> we know what this is <laughs> yeah and it was probably more like 25 minutes in because i'm pretty sure they 
reveal what's going on like 40 minutes in, but you know what I mean? I was like, oh, I think it's going to be this. And then it was. And I go, ah, M. Night, not saying you're predictable, but you're getting, uh, yeah, I am. You're getting a little predictable. <laughs> Maybe pass it on. Let someone else get a vision on it. It's true. I, I agree with you. I, he's one I would like to see write movies that he doesn't direct. And I would like to see him direct movies he doesn't write. I think he's yeah. good at both, but there's something about when he is the only one doing it that he, yeah, he just gets so tripped up in himself. So mm-hmm. I, yeah, I think he's a good writer. I think he's a good director, but I think he needs to pass kind of both off. All right. What you got next? Uh, big ups to HBO Max this year for coming through and giving us 18 movies that were simultaneously playing in theaters and at home. Uh, I loved that. I made sure to watch. I saw 17 out of the 18. The one I missed was the Sopranos movie, but I will be watching that when it comes back on because I did like that show. So I just I just missed it. It came out October and I was super busy in October, so I missed it. But I saw 17 of them and it was really cool, especially with me still being a little hesitant about going back to theaters. I didn't go back to, to theaters until May of this past year. And I still didn't go all the time like I used to. I used to go like twice a week. Now I was going maybe twice a month. So I still wasn't going as much. So it was really nice to have stuff delivered to home. Three favorites I had from the HBO Max thing were Malignant, uh, Godzilla versus Kong, and what is probably my favorite movie of the year if I had to whittle it down, and that would be Suicide Squad. So HBO Max coming through in the clutch and giving me stuff at home so I didn't have to go to theaters during a deadly pandemic. Thank you very much. <laughs> yeah, Suicide Squad. I just thought it was f- fucking terrific. Woo. Uh, I had a blast watching that. Uh, really didn't know. I mean, you know, we all know how we feel about um, James Gunn. Yeah, you know, we've done our top five James Gunn movies somewhere like two years ago. So, you know, a little bias, but I didn't know really what to think about the whole suit. I don't really like the Suicide Squad, mostly because the first movie was so shit. Uh, I just thought this was a blast and I've watched it twice. Yeah, like I said, this has got I think that one has to be probably my favorite movie of the year so far um, or not so far. It's over. Um, <laughs> but of what I've seen from last year, I think it was my favorite. And yeah, I I had high expectations because I love James Gunn movies. They they speak to my sensibilities. It's kind of what I like. Um, but I still ended up liking it even more than I thought I was going to. So I still ended up being surprised by it. It because like, yeah, like you said, the last one was so bad. It was like, well, how are they going to steer the ship correctly? They figured it out. Yeah, and malignant, like you said, and I try not to say Melissa, <laughs> you know, to the Disney film. Um, oh, Maleficent. Yeah. Maleficent, and I've done it. Uh, malignant. I love how it just drove a spike in opinion, like just right in the middle. I, I know people who hated it, hated it, and I know people who are like. That shit was amazing <laughs> because it was so fucking weird uh, and in your face and just crazy. So that is definitely one of my most memorable films of 2021. But that's also coming from, a you know, a dumpster fire lover. And that's not even a dumpster. I don't think the movie's a dumpster fire, but I'm trying to give you like, <laughs> you know, how I like movies. And uh, sometimes the ones that tear people apart the most is the ones I love. And that one was definitely it. Godzilla versus King Kong monster movie. It was fun. I haven't rewatched it. I thought it was pretty fucking crazy. 
but it was a monster film. So it gave me what I wanted. I had fun. And I didn't watch a Soprano movie either. Uh, actually, I forgot it existed until you just said something. <laughs> yeah, really, you know, I don't know. It had no bearing on anything, but I like almost by purpose, like on purpose, tried to watch all of those HBO movies almost to say to the algorithm, like, hey, what you're doing here is a good thing. I'm tuning in. I don't know if anybody else is tuning in, but I'm tuning into all these. Keep it up. I like this. Bringing shit to home, there will always be theaters. I think it's really important, especially in these times. It's okay to just have stuff come out day and day. Have it come out to home. Have it come out in theaters. You know, even what stuff like Ghostbusters was doing where it only took like a month to go from theaters to rentable or whatever. I think that shit's important. I think the days of the eight-month wait between theatrical and VOD slash DVD, whatever, are dead. Let's get it. Let's instant, baby. Like, I people will still go to the theater. Spider-Man proved it. Like, it doesn't have to be exclusive. Uh, let's move on to uh, Netflix getting away from the theater and uh, VOD kind of look. Uh, the ultimate algorithm movie, Red Notice. I will never watch this again. Yes, I did find some of it enjoyable, but <laughs> it's just... It's a fucking Netflix movie where they're like, we must hit every angle possible. Yeah, it was it was totally one that I watched as well was like scratch the itch for the thing it was doing. But then as soon as the credits were rolling, I had forgotten I had watched it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. And I'm just going to go on this one really fast because uh, I think we it should be fun to hear our opinions. I watched Venom, Let There Be Carnage, and I can say that is one of the most middle of the road superhero films I've ever watched. I can't say I hated it. I definitely didn't love it. It was just right there in the middle. And I'm like, OK, well, that's done. Next movie. I, I think I like that one a little bit more than you, it, but I didn't. I still didn't like love it. But I just like that those movies feel more like the 90s kind of superhero movies where it is a little bit just like. It, I hate to use the word carnage, but it's just like the way there's just chaos on screen all the time, you know, and again, and they're and they're singular, like the Venom movies as of now are existing sort of within their own little universe. And I think I just I, I like that. Like, I, I, I enjoy both of those movies. They feel they just feel like from a, a different era of superhero things. And they're not the best, but I'm like, I like what they're doing. I uh, see. I didn't even really like what they were doing because I was like, I think your script needed another pass. Seems like a well, little rush. It's a mess. It's a mess, but it's it, you know, it's still there's still something charming about it. I feel like. Oh, we're just gonna disagree on that. Uh, what you got next? Kind of the last big shout out, and I'll t I, I could talk about some other movies too, but like the last big shout out for 2021, I think has to be the movie that until Suicide Squad came out was probably my favorite movie of the year. And that was uh, Psycho Gorman, which I just thought nailed it. I just thought did the the thing it set out to do so perfectly. If you like if you grew up with Power Rangers and you like gore movies, I mean, this is the perfect combination. We've talked about it already before, yeah. but like I just I loved this movie. I love Psycho Gorman. I even uh, wrote it off my list because I was like, wait, was that 2020? So I took it off. <laughs> and then you're saying this and I'm like, OK, I guess I was right. I can put that back up. <laughs> yeah, I think it came uh, out at the beginning of 2021. So just just made it. 
All right. Uh, I'll speed it up and read off some more. You just give opinions. Uh, if you love them, you know. Uh, Don't Breathe 2, I thought was a little bit better than people were giving it. Uh, you know, I wasn't hearing the greatest things for Don't Breathe 2. I like the main character. What can I say? I didn't hear anything about that movie, period. Like anything. But I watched it a couple of weeks ago and actually really liked it, too. I didn't love it, but I thought it no. was just like solid. No, I think the first one's definitely better. Absolutely. I just don't. This one just kind of, you know, I, I like Stephen Lang and I like him playing the blind man. It wasn't as good as the first, but it scratched an itch and I'll probably rewatch it. Uh, but, you know, we'll see about that. Um, one I will not rewatch and just thought it was really misguided was Home Sweet Home Alone. Uh, Yowch. This is the ultimate cash grab by Disney, and I don't have a problem with the cash grab. I understand it. You've got an entire Disney Plus thing to, you know, make some get some viewership and however you make money other than memberships. I, I just thought it was terrible. I didn't see this one. I missed this one. I'm I'm behind. Last Home Alone movie I saw was three. So I'm way behind. On you don't need to watch anymore. Um, so uh, here's one that we have already talked about. Black Friday. Uh, did you ever get a chance to watch it? I have not. No, I haven't seen this one yet, okay. but you really liked it. I did. I enjoyed it. Uh, I'll probably rewatch it next year uh, around Black Friday. Yeah, I'm, I'm hoping to get to that. Uh, typically in January, I kind of pick up sort of the ones that I missed that I feel like I would really like still. So hopefully this month, that's one I catch. All right. Why don't you list a couple? Some other ones I liked. I guess um, I like Belfast, the Kenneth Branagh movie. I like West Side Story, another Spielberg. Uh, I'm not big on the original, um, but I really like this remake thought it was visually really interesting i liked in the heights another musical very similar i guess to west side story a little bit uh i thought that was really fun another hbo max one so appreciated that i got to watch that at home it was a nice feel-good movie for the summer yeah those are another couple batch of ones that i liked um let's see i got i didn't see any of those um so eh, nothing to talk about there uh i, I saw snake eyes finally um fine <laughs> that's what i thought too fine perfectly fine <laughs> better than the other gi joe movies so but that's not saying much in my opinion um i saw werewolves within you know it was a fine comedy slash horror i don't think i'll ever rewatch it I, I just there were a few things that i enjoyed but really as a whole it's just like one of those you watch you support the independent and then you move on yeah i haven't seen that one yet but it is on my list uh, 8-Bit Christmas, which I think was Amazon. HBO. Was that HBO? Okay, HBO. Mm. Uh, it was fine. I have a little bit of interest in seeing that one again. Um, of course, it's about Super Nintendo, uh, so that's always going to get me. But eh, I don't know. I, there's a lot of Christmas movies. It's tough to fit all of them in. So I don't think that one made you know the cut. I, I, I liked it. I liked it. It's kind of 80s, 90s take on christmas story kind of a vibe that it had it was a fun little nostalgia thing but I, I without saying anything i fucking hate the bait and switch movies where it's like everything's oh, all yeah. fun <laughs> and then it's a bait and switch pisses me off every time it happens and it's pissing me off more and more as it continues to happen <laughs> yeah i think that's one of the things with me is like i felt that the pure disappointment of the bait and switch where i was like oh the, I, I don't fucking care about the story then 
I think that's yeah. the biggest problem. It definitely leaves a bad taste in the mouth again without saying anything specific, but yeah, it uh, took the wind out of its own sails for sure. All right. Another one. I got two more and then I'll let you keep going. Uh, I got jolt. I'll never rewatch it. It was fine. I, I want to support these other types of superhero films, uh, you know, so we can get one or two that isn't Disney. That's a big hit. Eventually it's going to happen. We've had them in the past, but you know, I'll keep supporting these. I'll keep watching them, even though most of them are just completely mediocre. Uh, and one that really surprised me in how much I liked it was the forever purge. I enjoyed it for what it was. Uh, I think it was one of my favorite purge films for a while. Yeah, I didn't see either of those, but it it does uh, remind me of our talk about the fourth Purge movie, which I still stand by thinking that that's that movie's fucking awesome. And I really hope that that fourth one has a little resurgence in the next few years. We'll see. Now, this one, I haven't heard much about the Forever Purge. I just liked they just finally gave up and said, like, fuck it. Purge forever. Um, I like the concept of what they're trying to do. I just thought it was one of the stronger Purge films because there's, you know, I barely remember two through three. Uh, I remember four because we did a whole podcast on it. I, what I'm saying is I remember one. I don't, I remember hardly anything from two and three. And four and five, I remember. So that's got to say something. Yeah, I think they're I think they're really smart of what they're doing with that series. I think it's it was a series that actually kind of started off pretty weak with the first movie and has had some bright spots later in the franchise. All right. You got a few, you know, I think I'm kind of tapped out on like favorites that. I oh, I, none year. of these have been my favorite. I'm just listing what I've watched this year <laughs> that I wanted yeah. to bring up. Um, I, I think if you want to just keep going, I'll yeah, jump in on any that I've seen Uh boss level. I really enjoyed it. I like Frank Grillo. I don't think, you know, he's like the greatest leading man in the world, but I like him. I thought he did a fine job with this film. You know, again, I'm going to support these like smaller, I guess you could say video game movies in a way. And this one wasn't anything like free guy or, or, you know, ready player one. This was definitely on its own terms. Uh, and it was very much, you know, groundhogs day, rinse, repeat, figure it out. I don't have a problem with people doing that. I kind of enjoy those films. Because you get to learn a lot about the character. Um, it's on my list. That's one I do want to see. Uh, one of the ones I thought was one of the worst of the year was Space Jam and New Legacy. Yeah, we talked about it. It's awful. <laughs> uh, one of the most boring war movies of the year, The Tomorrow War. Yep, we also talked about that one. What a mess that movie was. Uh, one of the most shocking movies that I liked uh, was Dune. Because it was so fucking long. But... Uh, I like the the whole sci-fi epic. I don't like the first one, so I'm gonna let people know. So if anyone's just like, "Oh, what? You don't?" No, I don't. Uh, I pretty much I don't hate the first one. I just don't want to ever watch it ever. This one, I dug. Yeah, I, I like the this new one. I'm I'm more of a fan of the original. I like I've I watch that one every few years. It's I like David Lynch, um, and I think it's a cool, weird movie. And this one was a little bit more, I guess modern hollywoody so it's got some weird touches but it is kind of still more like the 2021 hollywood epic type movie versus the weird david lynchian thing that the 80s one was but it's it's not a it's not a knock at all on this movie it's a, it's a good version of a big hollywood blockbuster so I, I like the new one but i think i'm more preferential to the original 
I was so worried about Dune because when I looked at it and I go, oh, my God, it's an artsy fartsy sci fi film. And they're like my least favorite on Earth. I hate mixing my sci fi with artsy fartsy, but I liked it. At the end, I was shocked. I thought I'd fucking hate that film because it looked like so just like, look how great this is. Sci fi. We are making something here. You know, this whole like fucking. Ugh. But I like I'm the same way. I'm especially as I'm getting older, I am getting less and less patient with the artsy fartsy movies and to the point at which they also just like infuriate me. So I was worried it was going to be that and happy that it wasn't. <laughs> we are going to make you think on every minute of cinema. No, and I'm like, no. just enter. How about entertain me for every minute of cinema? <laughs> All right, that's all I got for movies uh, other than the Disney ones. Um, you know, Black Widow, fine. I don't, I'll never rewatch it. Uh, Shang-Chi and the Legend of the Ten Rings. Uh, good time. Was pleasantly surprised. I was like, yeah, I really enjoy this. Here's the exact opposite of enjoying the uh, externals. Holy shit, that sucks. It's so boring. <laughs> it's not the worst Disney Marvel film. It's just so fucking boring. Like, it's so middle of the road boring. I'm like, I never want to rewatch that ever. <sighs> That's all I got for that. Yeah, I skipped all three of those. I didn't even watch them. I think you you would enjoy uh, Shang-Chi. Yeah, that's what I keep hearing. Um, and, I, and I will get I will get to all three at some point, but they're just so not high priority right now. All right. And uh, ratings of the shows from Disney Plus uh, Marvel in in a row. Uh, I'm going to go with I, I liked Loki a little bit more than Hawkeye, Hawkeye number two and WandaVision number three, kind of far down there. I really did not like WandaVision. And I hope uh, everyone who disagrees with me lets me know how much they liked WandaVision. But I thought it was a big. Yeah, I didn't watch any of them. <laughs> and I don't know if I'm going to. I uh, I think I probably would probably watch WandaVision before I watched any of them just because it was kind of the first one. And it's probably going to have stuff to tie in with the movies at some point. So I will probably watch that one. But the idea of watching like Winter Soldier and what's his name? Falcon show just seems like absolute misery to me. <laughs> yeah, I mean, the Hawkeye one is much more childish i guess you could say uh i don't want to say it was made for children but it's definitely more lighthearted. at least there's a direction being <laughs> had there um shows on apple plus i've talked about uh, i enjoyed the shrink next door uh probably kind of crazy what that character went through uh ted lasso's you know just amazing and then uh, the morning show was uh, pretty good not great but uh, i enjoyed what they're trying to do there uh, and that's what I got for series and movies. I got some shows that uh, I liked in 2021. Um, I think the adult animation sphere was good. We got new seasons of Rick and Morty, which is a show that I just absolutely think is amazing. I know the fan base can be a little bit insufferable, but the a show little, itself is... A little? <laughs> I, I choose the word insufferable, though. Yeah. <laughs> But the show itself is just fire. Yeah, the show's All great. So. The show's genius. And I think this last season was just another home run. And then similarly, the 
Solar Opposites, which is Hulu's show from one of the creators of Rick and Morty, also had a new season that was really fun, really funny. It's doing kind of a similar thing, but like just on its own, on its own sort of island. And it is, it is really, really fun. And then another, you know, in that chain link, another creator did the uh, Star Trek Lower Decks, which I also thought was pretty funny and cute. And I'm not a big Star Trek fan, oh, but I yeah. did like that show because it has that same Rick and Morty Solar Opposites kind of vibe. So I like that one as well. So those, those kind of adult animation ones. And then, of course, if you're talking about adult animation, you have to talk about Big Mouth, which is Netflix's big sort of runaway animation hit like that and i think that it was another really good season it was maybe my least favorite season of the show but in a show where most of the seasons are absolute bangers so <laughs> even saying it's least is not a bad thing yeah that's a pretty good animation list i didn't put any of those up um i i only watch a little bit of rick and morty so documentaries that i hit was stallone frank that is uh talked about that before in the past it's definitely a frank loves himself uh so and he wants to let you know how talented he is uh val saw that one we've talked about i thought that one was super interesting Uh, i'm not a big fan as val kilmer as a person in fact i probably would have absolutely hated working with him in the past but uh, the documentary was interesting, and I watched something called Closed for Storm about the Six Flags New Orleans slash Jazzland amusement park that was completely abandoned after Katrina hit in 2005. Watched that and was just like, well, that's fucking weird. I'm going <laughs> to tell people about that. Nice. No one will watch it, but that's fucking weird. I did not see any of those. Um, you didn't fact, see Val? It's... I thought I saw Val. No, I did not see Val. It oh, okay. was a kind of kind of on my list, and I, I will get to it at some point. But I did not watch it yet. Um, I don't even really think that maybe in terms of just needing to escape, I didn't really even watch that many documentaries. I feel like in twenty twenty one, I think Class Action Park on HBO was one of them I watched. That oh, I, did I wanted really to like. see that. It's really good. Yeah, I, I think I kind of avoided the documentaries this year. I have a I have a few more shows though, a couple more shows I have to shout out. I would like to give a special shout out to uh, what we do in the shadows, which I think had its best season this past year, including maybe two of the best episodes of the show so far, I think. So I really really like that. And then we would obviously be remiss because we talked about it a little bit on the show, but we never kind of finished the talk about it. Was Chucky. I thought it was really, really good. I thought it was great. You know, we were thinking about doing an entire podcast on the series and we decided to go with the best of, or I don't know, just the 2021 in review. But, you know, from start to finish, I enjoyed Chucky. I was into it. Uh, I'm very interested for a second season. And I just think they nailed the entire environment of Chucky, the entire series. Yeah, it still feels very on the exact same level as all of the rest of the movies. I mean, obviously the movies hit very in quality depending on, you know, which sequel you're looking at in terms of like budget or in terms of story, whatever, but like they've all sort of existed in the same world. And it is really nice to kind of have a show that just picks up right there too. And it feels like part of the movies and everybody gets it. Everybody knows what they're doing here. They're having fun, but it's still serious too. 
it's gory, it's violent. There's some good deaths in there, but it is also like good drama too. It's also like well-written start to finish in a very fun 10 episodes to blow through. I cannot wait for more. I disagree. So silence. Uh, okay, and some games that I went through this year, and th- they don't even, you know, have to. Oh, you know what? A movie I forgot was Cruella. I enjoyed it. I don't know if it's on my, you know, favorite list, but Cruella was good. It, I, I see what they were doing there, and I enjoyed it. Yeah, I thought that was a really, really fun movie. So games that I went through, uh, I finally played The Last of Us Two. I don't. I think that came out last year, but we're just gonna count it. That company knows what they're doing. That's all I got to say about it. Last of Us 2 was great, just like Last of Us. That's, yep, there we go. Enough said. Uh, I watched, or I played Resident Evil 8 Village. Uh, It's a little short game, but uh, it was fun. I had a blast with it. I also replayed Resident Evil 2 that came out um, as they redid it. I don't know when they redid it, but I finally got to it this year. That also was fun. And then I played Far Cry 6, which I enjoyed. I'm sure there I played a lot of uh, Super Nintendo games this year. Since the year was kind of a shit show, I wanted to go back to my childhood past and play the fun games. And I really increased my uh, Super Nintendo collection this year uh, of games that I just enjoyed. You know, they're not like great ones or anything like that. But uh, turns out a lot of the games that I thoroughly enjoyed that people didn't uh don't really remember and don't really collect they're cheap (laughs) so that's nice yeah it makes them very easy to collect then (laughs) yeah i had a i had a similar thing i found uncovered in my parents basement i found all my playstation one games which i hadn't seen in probably a decade and having a playstation three i'm able to go back and play the it's backwards compatible to the first playstation so i was able to play some of them Obviously dug out a ton of the wrestling games because that's what I'm still into right now. And more on that in a second. But then I got to play some of my racing games and shooter games and all the stuff from, you know, PlayStation 1 era of Resident Evil and Mortal Kombat and things like that. And it's been an absolute blast. And similar to you, it just kind of felt good to kind of go back and, you know, play like I was 10 years old again. Yeah, it's fun. You know, something that I talked about with you off air is I've really cut down on my VHS collecting, not because I don't like VHS anymore. You know, I I feel like there was something missing. You know, I didn't want to go on eBay and it was harder to find these stores, go to these antique places and everything. And I think the what I found out just thinking about it to myself was I miss the people. Yeah, it is. I mean, I don't order any any VHS is really online unless I'm desperate for something or really trying to fill a gap or something like that. I like getting them at a store. I like buying them from a person and I know you're buying them from a person online, but like I like shopping. I just, the thing I miss about not having blockbusters and mom and pop video stores and things like that. I miss browsing. I miss holding the thing. I miss pulling out the, the VHS and looking at it myself. I don't want to order it and have it be in fucking pieces when I get here. Like, I want to be able to touch the thing and hold the thing and take the thing up to the counter to talk to a person about the thing I'm buying. So I'm right there with you. Yeah, I remember the the VHS show that we you and I went to a couple of years or three years ago, uh, two and a half years ago, whatever it was. I remember meeting that guy who came all the way up from Florida and had all these stories of these VHSs that I was picking out and 
you know, he would tell me uh, where he got them and stuff like that. And then the, the creepy guys in the back who are like, you want to check out our uh, videos on tape? I'm like, okay, weirdos. But, you know, maybe you weren't weirdos, but you were also in the back with a bunch of like whatever stuff on blank VHS. So, you know what I mean? You remember those people in the back. A little, a little scary. <laughs> I mean, yeah, that's where the porn was. Yeah. So. <laughs> um, no, I, there's I nothing wrong with porn. I'm just saying, like, their porn was getting kind of weird. Yeah, there's porn on VHS is a very specific sect. That yeah, I just I don't exist in. I don't like. I I understand. I'm happy for people that love that shit. You know, that's awesome. But it's just not not my world. <laughs> no, I I stopped. When it comes to the VHS recorded stuff, I stop at cartoons. You know, I'm like, I want the cartoons that were taped on VHS. But when I see the porn taped on VHS, I'm like, mm, nah, no. Yeah, if mm. I'm buying something taped, I want it to have the commercials yep. and, you know, the nostalgia factor. Uh, just, just watching somebody's duped tape of porn that has no interest to me. I want to see Lethal Weapon uh recorded off of tnt in 1998 you know with all its commercials in between <laughs> that's what i want <laughs> what, what was the like the chef kiss on top of their porn was it was in dirty plastic bins and i was yes. like no <laughs> no i'm not doing it i'm just not doing just it. just to add to the aesthetic of it all <laughs> uh and then i felt sorry for the guy all the way in the back who just had like you know like really old cool vhs and everything like that like there are so many people avoiding that because he was by the porn dude. <laughs> I shouldn't even say the porn guy. I should say the dirty bin porn guy. <laughs> There's more to it. And I think it was more than just a guy. I think it was kind sure of a, was. Section, a, a, a congregation of the 80s porn people. <laughs> yeah. And again, if you're into collecting porn, I'm not judging you. I'm judging this guy's dirty bin. Okay. <laughs> Just get a clean bin. Okay, please. Exactly. <laughs> Try not to make it look sketch. You know, like it doesn't have to be sketchy. If that's something you're into, great. But yeah, way to make it skeezy. <laughs> but maybe, you know, maybe the person who ended up buying some of those, that's exactly what they fucking wanted. And who am I to judge? <laughs> maybe. But I saw where people were buying and it wasn't in the back. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, I, I do. I really liked I, I really, really hope that we can get to a time where we could do that again, like a like a VHS swap in person. And I know they are kind of still happening around, but let's be real. Like I want to be able to for real do it, like not, you know, pretending like there's no pandemic happening. Like I want to be able to chill and look around and talk to these people and hear the stories. I mean, so much of VHS collecting for me isn't so much the movies or the box art or anything like that. It's the history. You know, I love, I love sort of the nostalgia of the reminiscing, but I also love hearing somebody's story about where they came from or what, you know, when they saw this VHS for the first time, I'm, I'm, I'm into human history too. So it's like, that is being lost right now. And I, yeah, that's why I'm hopeful that maybe we can have another swap in the next few years, hopefully. All right, that's all I got for 2021 in review. You got anything else before we take off? Yeah, I think I, I should mention that once again, 2021 was another year for me that was absolutely taken over by wrestling as well. Uh, I mean, 
it is what it is. You like it or you don't. And that's totally fine. I respect it either way. But like for me, wrestling has definitely been a wonderful reprieve from the the hellscape that has been 2020 and 2021. It is a nice escape. I'm I'm finding, you know, so many new movies are doing things like, uh, you know, bait and switches or surprise, it's cancer or something like that. And I just like so many new movies are miserable to watch these days because they're re- either reflective of the times or they feel as if they need to do this to enhance drama or whatever. For me, I find, you know, I found wrestling. It's something that is consistently entertaining, whether it's stupid as all hell or whether it is great. And over 2021, there's been some great moments in wrestling. And I'm really happy that I refound it. I'm really happy to rehab it. And tied to something that I said at the beginning, um, for my birthday this year, I got a book. I know. What? <laughs> Reading. Was it full uh, of it pictures? Is, no, it words letters and words put together um but it is it's a a wrestling book it is uh the story of the wrestler uh, john moxley who if you watch wwe was dean ambrose and it's his biography it's called mox i'm looking forward very much to getting into it ashley got it for me for my birthday i can't wait to read it and i haven't said that phrase in a long time so i'm very excited that to have that and to get into that book. And yeah, I'm really, really fucking happy that I had wrestling these last two years. And I look forward to continue going on that journey, uh, going into 2022 as well. Yeah, that's good. I'm glad you're reading secretly. I'm not, I think it's awful, but, um, you know, I read the Elvira documentary. So her, her, you know, memoirs, whatever you're going to call it. So I get it. You got to do one every once in a while. So you can sound smart. You know, you're a good reader, gooder at English. I like I like to read. I just, you know, I need to find something that I like. I, I guess I go to I go to movies for fiction. So I guess maybe I'll try some nonfiction in some areas of interest to me. So I, I like to read. So let's get back to it. <laughs> no, I got to read for research at work. So reading stupid. I quit. <laughs> Permanent quit. Except those times I do read. Let's not talk about those. Moving on. It was fun to review 2021. I'm sure we missed some movies. Uh, I mean, so much came out. Uh, If you have any comment in the comments about your comment on the movie, we'll take it. We'll listen. Yeah. What did we miss? What do we need to see? You kind of get a gauge for our taste based on what we've said here in this episode and in hundreds of episodes prior. What 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 do you think we need to check out? What did we miss? Yep, there you go. So, that'll end it. Remember to be kind. And rewind.